1: WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. For boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W-H-N-N-Bet.com to start winning.
2: Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joining us with my co-host Nick Villato. Tonight we're coming to you after another Giants loss, this one to the Eagles. Uh, They ended up putting 10 on the board, but seven of that was in garbage time. The Giants have met a knack for throwing up garbage time points this season, which is crazy because at the end of the year, we'll probably see some stats on how this was one of the most inept offenses of all time, the New York football giants in 2021. And yet, even with that said, it could have been so much worse. I mean, seven garbage points here, 14 garbage points against the Chargers. These are true, true garbage points. I mean, it doesn't even matter. You shouldn't even get them. In my mind, I don't even think you should get them. I don't think Joe Judge deserves them and his team deserves them. But 30 to 10 was the final hapless performance, not in the game whatsoever. Um, and, you know, some people will just say, listen, chalk it up to the injuries. They got a backup quarterback. They got injuries on the line. All these other injuries. But i tell you what, the Houston Texans didn't come into this season expecting to start Davis Mills, a third round, you know, a day, what was he, day two or day three rookie who was supposed to come into this league untested, needing to some seasoning. They didn't expect to start him. And guess what? He just went in and beat the Los Angeles Chargers. Not only did he compete with the Chargers, which the Giants were unable to do against this Chargers team two weeks ago. But he won. He won a game against them. Other teams around the league more injured than the Giants. I know some fans don't want to accept it, but it's the truth. And Jake Frommer did not look good, Nick. It was painful to watch Jake from obviously he doesn't have time I was getting hit a lot throwing the ball but man oh man I expected him to have better command I expected him to move the ball get the ball out quick into spots that you know Glennon wasn't doing a good job of in some ways move the offense and that just wasn't the case I don't blame the defense for this effort personally you know me man I don't want to blame a unit that's on the field all day that's has dealing with the most inept offense of all time as Leonard Williams said last week we know The only chance we have to win a football game, not only compete, win, yeah, win or compete is if we put together the most dominant defense performance. And he's right. The Giants have four wins. They would only have two if it wasn't for two unbelievably dominant defensive performance. I mean, Eagles win 13-7 two weeks ago. That's four turnovers to zero the Giants had. It's the only reason they won the game. Raiders game a couple weeks before that. That's four turnovers to zero. One defensive touchdown. Only reason they won the game. So he's right. It's unfortunate, Nick. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to kick this bad boy off?
1: Where Where do we start, Dan, to be honest? Because this has just been a horrendous season, and we've You know, lay that out after every game. I don't even know what else to say anymore. Disappointing, inept, just an absolute dumpster fire of an offense. And we saw it once again. Jake Fromm, I mean, it was unrealistic for us to believe that Jake Fromm with this team was going to go into Philadelphia and do anything different behind that offensive line. And you can tell from the start that the coaches had no confidence in Jake Fromm. They essentially took the football out of the kids' hand hands for much of the game and tried to rely on a rushing attack that couldn't generate any push at the point of attack. Saquon Barkley would receive the ball and just get smacked right in the backfield. It's the same old story, the same old script, everything that we've been seeing for the entire 2021 season. It's to the point where it's like, how the heck are we going to get out of this? Because I don't even remember what it's like covering a team that, actually has an offense that's exciting, has an offense that can dictate a rushing attack. Even though we saw that last year a little bit, but still the offense wasn't all that great last season and the defense had to carry the Giants to a six-win season to where they were actually competitive, which is ridiculous to even think about because the NFC East was so just disgusting last season. Now we look at this New York Giants offense, Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon thrown out there, going to Philadelphia, they give up 34 freaking points, a pick six. Jalen Hurts and Lane throws a touchdown pass to Lane Johnson. I mean, uh, that's disgusting to see. We saw it on Sunday Night Football with Terrence Steele catching a touchdown pass. Dak Prescott as well. That was Washington got their behind it to them there. But in terms of the New York Giants, man, every week we say it just doesn't seem like it can get any lower. But it just keeps getting lower. What's going on everyone, football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Giants tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as you go to find NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge. Aren't those terrible? Which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's a pretty good deal. If you just want to go check out the Giants, you know, pregame, hopefully they win a football game, then please head on over to TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of Giants tickets. That's TickPick.com. Check it out, everyone.
2: A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The crazy thing to me, Nick, is, you know, they're losing games now, but they're losing games in uncompetitive ways, wholly speaking. It's hapless football and... It wasn't hapless last season now, albeit there were easier games in my mind, and to some extent, like they were facing Brandon Allen in a game. You know, they faced uh, Andy Dalton without his offensive line in a game. They faced a couple Wences, Wentz at the bottom of his range. They faced Kyle Allen, I believe, for one of those starts. But I mean, look, this Eagles team hasn't been great. I know they squeaked one out against Washington football backups the uh, last week, but they haven't been great. Hertz doesn't look great. That's not a great football team. Just get embarrassed like that a week after getting, you know, embarrassed by the Cowboys and embarrassed by the Chargers. It's not a good look. And this year, more than ever, they've had embarrassing losses. And it's hard for me to look fans in the eye right now and tell them, I feel like this team's moving in the right direction. And yeah, you could just chalk it up and say, well, you know what? All these injuries, nothing matters. We can't evaluate the coach. We can't evaluate the quarterback. We can't evaluate anyone. Let's just say it's all doesn't matter. But no, I don't accept that because these other guys are paid to play. These backups are paid to play. The coaches are paid to develop the backups. The coaches are paid to – the GM is paid to draft talent that can replace starters, okay? And we're not asking for wins right now. We're asking for competitive football. We're asking for a game that doesn't look anything like what we saw today. And I don't understand the decision to go to Jake Fromm as your starting quarterback. If you're going to come out and have the game plan like you alluded to earlier, Nick, that they had. If that's your game plan and you don't trust them to do anything, you're going to run the ball on every third and long. You're going to run out of third and fours. You're going to not let him do anything. Then just don't start it. All right, There's no point to starting him. Did you just start him to appease the fan base? That seems like that's what the move was. I'll be honest with you. I'm not accusing them of doing that, Nick, but that's how it feels from my standpoint as a fan, as an analysis that I feel like they went into this and said, we'll get a little spark from the fan base. If we play Jake from, you know, the players, they don't, it's the unknown because it's hard for me to believe they felt like he gives them the best chance to win when they came out with the game plan that they did with from, and then benched him mid game. And that's exactly what they did in this game. And so I'm struggling with that, but I want to talk, turn it to something that's important right now because this game was not important. The only thing that was important in my mind was the fact that the Bears won the freaking game this week, which freaking sucks. I so annoying. The Giants are getting no breaks whatsoever, can't even get a Bears win, uh, loss. That win by the Bears, which was so stupid, the Seahawks had that game. They missed a 35-yard a yard chip shot field goal and they gave up a touchdown at the end where they're playing prevent the whole time for no reason. And the Bears mark Waltz right in, score and they go for two. They're going for two. It's Matt Nagy and, and they make it. They freaking make it, man. And that flips so much because the Bears get the win. They're tied with the Seahawks now. It's only two spots for now, but who knows if the Bears win again against the Giants next week. Like there's all sorts of scenarios now where that pick and fall a few more spots, and it's just annoying as hell to me. No, everybody's like, oh, what does it matter where the Giants pick? They haven't picked good players anyway. It matters. It matters if you want to trade down. Every draft pick you move up is more capital on the trade value draft chart. And there's also a chance that it could be the difference between a player at a position you need that gets selected one pick before you. So that sucked, but – I do want to ask you this, Nick. Earlier in the day, this is the big news, and this is where we'll lead the title for this podcast off because nobody wants to hear anything more about this game, though we will talk a little bit about the game. The report from Adam Schefter and his sources. Joe Judge coming back. Daniel Jones coming back for the 2022 season. What did you make of that report, and what are your thoughts?
1: So I wonder to what extent is Daniel Jones coming back? Like Daniel Jones is going to be under contract, even if they don't pick up his fifth year option. But does that negate the Giants' new general manager from going out and pursuing a quarterback, whether that be a Russell Wilson or someone in the draft or or whoever? Like, I'm not 100% certain that this report from Adam Schefter technically says that yeah the Giants aren't going to pursue someone else that's how I interpret it yeah I believe Daniel Jones was going to be back anyways because he's under contract there's no reason for him not to be back but maybe the new general manager has a different path in mind or maybe the Giants this could be the case as well already settled on the fact that it could be Kevin Abrams who's going to be taking over for Dave Gettleman but that's kind of where I was at I, I don't necessarily know if it definitely means Daniel Jones will be the starter I'm leaning in that direction but I think it's just, hey, he's going to be on the roster. We're going to bring him back. But I, what do you, what is your take on that?
2: Yeah, I think for the Jones side of it, I'm probably leaning toward where you are, where it's like him being bringing back. That's not saying much. Like the Giants don't Next. have to cut him if they upgrade quarterback. That doesn't mean they have to cut him. They shouldn't keep him. He's a great backup at worst. Like he could still be a starter. We both still see the flashes. Think there's potential. I'm not super high on him long term. If I'm going to be honest with the situation, but. There's obviously potential, and regardless, he'd be one of the best backups in the NFL, in my mind. If the Giants do decide to upgrade quarterback this so bringing him back while he's already under contract doesn't say all that much. But the second part of this report is really what stood out to me, Nick. Joe Judge, he's getting it back. Now we've speculated this is going to be the case already. We talked to Carl Banks and Bob Papa last week on the Big Blue Banter podcast, actually on the Believe in Giants podcast. We put it over on our feed for those of you who missed it, and they're both, you know, high on Judge, Carl. They, they see him. You know, they speak to him. They know his knowledge of football. They talk about how he can break down plays. They talk about how he relates to players and how he can talk ball. These are all good things. And I'm not saying Joe Judge can never be a good head coach in the NFL. What I'm saying is you come into a week where you were uncompetitive the last week. Then you walk into Philly where Philly's had all sorts of problems beating teams by, by a big margin. They had to squeak against a Washington team that was COVID-stricken. They had no one left last Monday or Tuesday, whenever that game was, Tuesday. Philly's coming off a short week, and you're just completely uncompetitive. And to me, it's like, why is this guy guaranteed back? In my mind, there should be a long, hard look, a long discussion. The new GM, even if it's Abrams, everyone needs to sit down and think about this and think this through. Because this team's not making any progress under Judge. Things are going in the wrong direction under Judge. Again, I know the injuries, the injuries. Wow, wow, wow. Every team's injured. There's tons of teams that are more injured than the Giants. I can't stand it anymore with the injury talk because injuries don't put out completely hapless, uncompetitive football like we've seen. This was a pathetic game. It's impossible to watch game for every Giants fan out there. It was one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen from this franchise. In my history of watching the team, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about the McAdoo collapse here. I was thinking about the Coughlin collapse at the end, any of those bad Coughlin years at the end. Anything I saw before that with, with, with Jim Fossil and the Danny Cannell years, nothing was worse than what I saw today. They were never in this game against a team that didn't look good on offense. The Eagles are not a good offense. Jalen Hurts is not good at all. The Giants defense stopped Hurts for most of this game until they were just on the field forever. And it's just like they can't even figure out in anything. Four weeks, seven weeks, who cares how many weeks. They can't figure out a way to generate first downs or points on offense. It shouldn't be this hard to generate some kind of plays in a game. You have 60 minutes, unlimited possess, 10 possessions a game, eight possessions a game. Figure something out. And it's just, this is not good, man. My blood pressure is high. I've lost my shit today. I'm losing it now, Nick. You know, I just can't stand how this is considered progress. I can't stand how this is considered his Bill Belichick fine his next Bill Parcells. How? Why? What has he shown? They're going backwards. This team has not looked good on the sideline. I don't see Pep in their step. I don't see a guy fighting every guy out there, fighting for his coach. We need every yard. We need every play. We need every point. We need to win these games when we're 4-10. and None of that. None of that's actually happening. It's all hearsay. It's all bullshit. We're going to be completely honest, man. And so I just don't like how he's guaranteed back in a season this disastrous with all the cap they've spent, With all the first round picks he's had, you want to pin it all on Gettleman? You want to pin it all on the injuries? Fine. That's what the Giants are doing. But it's unfair to the fans. There should be a long, hard conversation about this guy's future, Joe Judge, because he's done nothing to prove anything to me. And I know you don't want to cycle in all these coaches, blah, blah, blah. And I don't even think there's any great coaches out there. Whatever. But this guy might just be bad. He might be flat out really bad at his job. So far, the evidence has shown that. And so, man, oh, man, Nick, I didn't like that side of the report.
1: I didn't love that side of the report either. I think there should be a long, hard discussion at the end of the season. And ultimately, if they do retain him, I'm fine with that. But I don't like the whole, it doesn't matter what happens from here on out. Let's just stick with Joe Judge type of uh, approach. I don't think that's probably the best approach or the most conducive to success because anything can happen from here to now. And in terms of Judge and how this team is just uncompetitive, I would agree At the end of the game, it does not look competitive, but that defense is competitive for the majority of the game. I mean, it was 3-3 at halftime, and then a Jake Fromm ridiculous interception kind of gave them that first Boston Scott touchdown in this game. It's all the offense, dude. It's the offense up front. I ain't going to just sit here and blame the injuries because I think there was a huge problem with the depth of this roster provided by Dave Gettleman as well, but they can't do anything offensively, man. They don't have any trust in the offensive line. They don't have any trust in either one of these signal callers, Jake Fromm or Mike Lennon, and that is maddening, and I think that drives the entire team insane. And I know Judge has to be blamed for this as well because development is not taking place, but I do believe, man, that there is an intrinsic problem within this offense, within this offensive system, within the majority of offensive players on this roster that really holds back this team from basically even competing at this point because the defense, and we say it every week after the All-22, it's like, wow, the defense did this, they did this, they forced them all, uh, they had this many three and outs, they forced the team, you know, to punt in this situation. That was a great third down call. But at the end of the day, the defense can only do that for so long. This is a straight, just off one of the worst offenses I think I've ever seen, dude. And it's, it's disgusting at this point. Like literally Dan, the thought of the giants winning a football game right now is I think there's not another NFL team that I would put in the same category as the giants. Like I could see the jets win a game. They won, right? They beat the Jags. Yeah. I can see the Jaguars even winning a game and they're just disgusting as well. Similar to the giants. But look what the Texans just did. As you brought up earlier. The Giants, if you were to tell me, yeah, the Giants are going to go out and they're going to win against Chicago, I'd be like, no, it's not going to happen. You know, (laughs) like that's where I'm at right now with this team. And for me, at least it stems from the offense specifically.
2: I understand. I really do. I get it. Look, it's, it's a multi-phase game. Obviously there's a lot of things that matter. Coaching special teams, the teams want things that I've touched on, but ultimately I do agree with you. Offense and defensive performance is king. Gotta have the offensive unit playing well. Gotta have the defensive unit well. You're never gonna win if both of those aren't going well. You, but you can get away with miscues on special teams coaching and, uh, in some ways, like a team that may not be all in for it this stage of the season. And I'm not saying this Giants team isn't all in, but I am at the same time, man. This isn't the Lions. I don't see that same kind of sideline. This isn't the Texans today. Like this is just hapless ball. Like that sideline looks dead every time I look at it, man. Anytime I see it on the All-22, anytime I see it, they're happy when they make plays, like, on defense side of the ball. I get it. Defense is playing well. And, like, what can you do with the offense? But you can do things, right? Like, you can find ways to generate offense. This is not impossible. Davis Mills is generating offense at a consistent rate. Like, how much better is Davis Mills than Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm? I'm just not that sure. He's he's better. better. But, like, it's not night and day. And, like, every single offense in the NFL, like, has – Situate like this can't possibly be the least talent they had tony galladay out there today and barkley like canary's tony kenny Galladay and saquon barkley and you can't generate a lick of offense that to me is speaks more to some of the things we talked about with carl and bob like it's just like some of the little minor details on offense that they don't get right that make a difference people aren't in the right spots things don't look good out there it doesn't look lively and there's not there's nothing there's no creative ways to generate offense like you have three playmakers out there there should be ways to generate one-on-ones for these people players in my mind I,
1: i agree yeah no doubt and i'm not trying to make excuses i'm trying to play devil's advocate and and you know look at the entire picture here so take that for what it's worth jason garrett is no longer here and the Giants are running his system. So you have a coach in Freddie Kitchens who's calling his system, for uh, Jason Garrett's that is. And I think that comes into this as well because Jason Garrett knows his system much better than Freddie Kitchens does. And now Freddie Kitchens is put into a spot where he has to run a system that is not his with a quarterback that is not Daniel Jones and an offensive line that sucked when it was healthy. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. I totally get it. But it's like at the same time this offense was – completely inept even with daniel jones so it's like i know that was jason Garrett, and that was jason garrett's offense for the majority but every where every step of the way you go there's some kind of excuse for what's going down theres yeah. there doesn't seem to be enough accountability for joe judge and what he's done like the the lack of preparation on the offensive side of the ball. They have special teams miscues. They have uh, coaching miscues, time management miscues. It just feels like this guy's complete. To me, it feels like if you were taking a step back and just looking at every game Joe Judge's coach. I know for some odd reason, he got like fanfare for his quote-unquote good job he did in 2020, which was not a good job in reality. He squeaked out wins against Brandon Allen, Andy Dalton in backups, and Kyle Allen. Like These are not real wins. These are the fakest shits I've ever seen. But I didn't was not impressed with him then. And if you look at the full scope of what he's done here, there's been too many instances of a, of penalties that that hurt them in key spots that you've talked about a lot and we've talked about yep. a lot: a holding, a false start, something like that, miscues on special teams, miscues with time management, miscues with the with the uh, timeouts called, um, miscues obviously with aggression, when to go for it, when not to go for it. All this stuff is happening. Supposedly the team fights for him and plays hard for him, right? They love playing for Judge. I don't see any proof of that. I don't think that's even real or fair to say it's real. It's all speculation based on almost nothing. And so overall, it's just like, what, what is he like? I don't really, it almost looks like this is a guy who's in over his head, who was hired from the Patriots, a team that has a lot of respect. He talks a big game. He brought over some of their like cap and, you know, roster building strategies that I'm probably okay with. If I, if he I took the time to sat down sit down and tell me them, but that's not enough for me for a head coach, man. I need someone who's not going to be making silly mistakes with time, man, with all those things we just went over. And I just am not getting it right now. I guess I'm supposed to be getting it in the future. They'll go. The plan here is for the Giants to sell us here is we're going to get that in the future when we improve his roster and when we get less injured. That's all they're giving us right now, Nick. Like the decision, what we saw today, the Schefter report that they're bringing back Jones or bringing back judge, what it's telling us is, the message that I'm getting as a fan, if I were looking at this as a fan, is things are going to get better if the Giants get healthy. Joe Judge is going to get better. He has what it takes in place. He's like a young Josh Allen. He just needs to – Josh Allen, the quarterback of the build. His first two years were rocky, but now he's got his throwing motion down. Now he's improved his mechanics. Now he's going to be good. That's what they're selling us, but there's no actual proof or evidence that or anything that leads me to believe that it's going to happen. That's the problem here for me and for fans. I think, like, the problem for us is that, like, all we have right now is hope. And all our hope is based on is what they're telling us. But what, what, is that enough? Like, I don't understand, man. I just don't get it.
1: I know I feel your frustration as well I mean it's it's hard to defend and I'm not sitting here trying to defend it because there's nothing to defend it the team has been terrible and at the end of the day there's one person who's going to be held accountable for the on-field product and that is Joe Judge the head coach and this team has what lost I think four in a row now I believe four in a row by a score I just pulled it up 20 to 9 to the Dolphins and that was a game where execution, if they executed, they actually could have won, which is just entirely too weird to think about at this point. Chargers got blown out 37 to 21. Cowboys 21 to 6, uncompetitive. And the Eagles 34 to 10, uncompetitive. That's three games in a row where they were uncompetitive. And, tw- and 21 of those
2: points are fake points. Fourth exactly. quarter fake points.
1: Yeah. 14 of those points against the Chargers were absolutely fake points. And then seven were fake against the Eagles. So, like, that's just. Yeah, like, like you just said, that's just insane to think about as well. I mean, against the Chargers, you had that Saquon Barkley touchdown. It was just total garbage time. And then Mike Lemon had a rushing touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, as well. And I I remember going over the film and watching these and just, like, shaking my head because, especially against the Chargers, they're playing soft defense here. Same with the Eagles, playing soft, didn't really care, laissez-faire type of thing. Okay, you could score. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, why would they Our guys injured
2: yeah why would they care but that's kind of my my, the core of my issue with this whole judge is coming back thing and we just accept it we move on I'm not moving on yet I want there to be a discussion like again I don't know if there's good coaching candidates it seems so hard these days to hit on a coach all that is true (laughs) there's there's some hope but it's like at least sit down and have the conversation because this whole idea of this team hasn't quit on judge should be I don't now again let me make this clear I Nick I don't think they quit on him that's a big word it's thrown around a lot in these scenarios right I don't exactly think they quit on him and I don't think any anywhere close to that but this whole idea that they're playing super hard for him isn't really backed up by any of the evidence because they're getting blown out shit canned week after week like these are uncompetitive games if they're playing hard for him they can be competitive because guess what the Giants are loaded from a talent standpoint on the defensive side of the ball for some of these teams I mean, loaded. They have way more talent on the inside side of the ball than the Eagles. The Eagles are going through a rebuild this year. They're going to make the playoffs during a rebuild, something that the early Gettleman stands were t- told me. I remember them telling me, oh, we can't win. We can't expect Gettleman to put a winning roster out in the first two years. You can't win during a rebuild. Oh, really? But – the whole thing like is they don't have that much talent on the even side of the ball compared to the giants giants have spent a lot more money there. They have way more cap allocated and way more draft picks allocated there. The giants also have more early round draft picks on their freaking offense than the Eagles. Though we obviously don't think they have as anywhere near the offensive line. Obviously some of those linemen weren't high draft picks or been with the Eagles forever. Kelsey, yada, yada, whatever it may be, even though some of those guys are injured by the way, but Lane Johnson, Kelsey, I get it. But they have talent compared to some of these teams. Like, they should not be getting shit canned by the Chargers, shit canned by the Eagles, shit canned by the Dallas Cowboys, and completely worked by all these teams they play. If supposedly this team loves to play for Judge, they love running these laps like a high school team, and they're playing super hard because, you know, or. If he's had them prepared, right? Or if he has all these little details down, right? He's finding some kind of edge in the film room during the week. He sees a matchup he likes. He exploits that matchup. He finds a way to get some juice out of little things. He does these little things Belichick does during the week to get juice out of matchups. To find little edges to get them, maybe not a win, but closer to a win. They're nowhere close to wins right now under this coach. And that, to me, reflects a lot on the coach. It does.
1: It does. It's hard to disagree with that. Right now, the New York Giants are, again, like we said this several times, one of the most embarrassing football teams to watch, one of the more embarrassing teams to cover, and their head football coach has to bear blame there. And I think – I know you're venting here, and you deserve to vent, as every Giant fan should vent because this is just disgusting. The fact that he's definitely coming back, I'm not 100% certain if Mara or ownership even wanted that message out. This is something that Adam Scheffer – collected so they could be like yo what the hell like how did that get out of this building because we don't want fans to feel the way you are feeling right now essentially because this isn't great and this isn't something that the Giants should just be like oh well you know what we'll run it back again not even have a conversation because we don't know exactly who's going to be available and and, uh, in terms of coaches, and not that they would ever hire somebody who would probably be fired, i.e. like a Matt Nagy, but you have coaches like Doug Peterson out there who have won a Super Bowl. And I know Giant fans hate Doug Peterson, as do I, but that is another name that is out there. And the fact that none of those people are going to be entertained, I could see why it would irk people.
2: Yeah, for sure, man. I could totally see it too. It's, we're going to try our best. I'm going to try my best, Nick, but it's, this is the lowest I've been in the Giants in a very long time. I'm digging. I find myself in a hole. And I'm trying to dig myself out into a position where I can say there's hope, there's optimism. Because running it back with Jones and Judge it, and and needing four new offensive linemen, like, I don't know how I can see 11 wins out of that or a Super Bowl contender out of that right now. Now, there's a long way to go. Things could happen in the offseason for sure. Jones could take a big step forward. That's probably their biggest bet, their best bet. He's obviously shown some flashes that we've gone over. But right now, I'm, I I can't look people in the eye. With any kind of objectivity and tell them this, which is I've never really been at that point since I took over doing 24-7 sports for the Giants or even this. Like, yeah, there was a rebuilding year at the start of this in 2019. But there were even some like inklings of like, yeah, well, if this happens and this comes together and this unit comes together, this team could be good. And then last year, uh, yeah, well, if this happens and this year, we had a ton of hope. I had a ton of hope. I know you had a little bit less because after seeing the offensive line the preseason. But right now, man, I'm done with that crap. I'm done with the, you know, hopeless optimism that John Mara wants me to feel. That's what he wants. That's what he wants by telling me Joe Judge is going to come back and all he needs is less injuries. All he needs is a little bit less Dave Gettleman in his life and he'll be much better. No, 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 no. You need to prove it to me. Enough is enough with this. Doesn't matter what I can say about the secondary. This unit strong, that unit strong doesn't matter. No, the results aren't there. Like Bill Parcells said, and you've quoted him a bunch on this, you are what your record says you are. Right now the Giants are near the bottom of the league, close to the number one pick, and if it wasn't for some luck box wins earlier in this year, and that's exactly what those Eagles and Raiders wins were, total luck wins, they'd be near that first pick right now, which is crazy to think about. But that's where we're at right now, Nick. Let's talk a little bit about the game. Obviously said my piece, had to get it out, vented a little bit. As for the game, not many takeaways on my end. Going to be honest. That's what they deserve. But I'll say a couple things. I like Lorenzo Carter, man, three games in a row with edge burst. Three games in a row where it looks like he's starting to come into his own, coming back from that Achilles injury. I now want him back next year. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to have to pay for him. (laughs) Hopefully no one else wants him. But I want him back cheap. Where are you at with Carter and what do you think of him this game? I really liked Carter, man. He
1: was getting pressure. He got a sack. I really think he's... Kind of fully back from that injury, or at least it seems like it doesn't it seem, Dan, when you watch the all 22 as well, that he's more explosive now than he was in the beginning of the season, like he's bending way through, more bending through the contact, yep. man, getting through that upfield shoulder, you know, winning that half man relationship that we talk about with edge rushers and offensive linemen. And I really think he's uh done a good job in that part of the game. Something that we didn't necessarily see too much because he wasn't getting to that upfield shoulder all that often because his explosiveness seemed a little bit zapped from that Achilles injury that he suffered so if the Giants can get him back on the cheap like a one year deal even a one year prove it kind of deal see what he's like when he's fully healthy and fully back I would fully support that right now because not only is he an explosive athlete that you can drop in coverage and kind of like a Swiss army knife if you want to use him that way he's also a really good run defender as well and that's something I've always respected about Lorenzo Carter
2: yeah you've done a great job breaking down in my opinion how well he does setting the edge and how he is as a run defender. I think that adds to his value, but mostly it's that burst, it's that edge man starting to come back into his own athletically. I think he'll be cheap based on how long it took him to bounce back and, you know, lack of success earlier in his career. And he's, again, just a mid-round pick to begin with. It wasn't like we're talking about a first rounder. I want him back. I really do. I'd like to bring him back. doesn't matter what their plan is in the draft. I don't know how much cap space they have, how, you know, possible this may be. But I'd like to bring him back. Um, I thought a couple other things that I noticed. There's Tony back in the mix, uh, Kenny Galladay too. I was disappointed that they couldn't find a way to generate any offense with either of these two. I know Tony tops out nearly at nine targets, a lot in garbage time. Kenny Galladay, once again, just a total nothing, basically. I mean, I really thought you could find a way to just put a ball near them and let them make a play, something, you know. have a, Why not run the play, James? not James, the run, the play that Garrett was running all season, the reverse to Tony, let him throw or let him run with it. It's fine. Use that play. They weren't doing anything with a traditional offense. Why not use that? So I was very disappointed in the usage of uh, Tony and Galladay in this game.
1: Yeah. You'd like to see a little bit more, but I just think there was no confidence in from once the game started and they wanted to give him the opportunity. And then after that interception, you're like, all right, let's just go to Mike Glennon. And we all know who Mike Glennon is at this point, which is unfortunate to to say the least. And then you had the Matt Parrott injury, which is terrible because, you know, Nate older wasn't there. They put in Corey Cunningham. You had some other, all of linemen get shuffled. I think Wes Martin ended up getting snaps and Isaiah Wilson didn't, if I'm not mistaken, which is weird because Isaiah Wilson was a COVID-19 replacement. And I don't know about you, Dan, at this point, this season's lost. Isaiah Wilson, I don't want to say he was good in college because I really did not like his film. And when yeah. someone pitched that he was going to be a first round pick, I was like, there's no way Isaiah Wilson's going to be a first round pick. And Tennessee was like, Hey, I want him. And I was like, that was dumb. But anyways, If you move him to guard, he's a big body type of guy who's really, really powerful. Maybe because he had such sloppy feet in college, who does that sound like Eric Flowers? He can make that transition once he's in shape. And since he was activated for this game, I would have liked to see him. So maybe, you know, in the Chicago game, the last game of the season against Washington, maybe if we get to see Isaiah Wilson as a guard, that's like something to look forward to for the offense. If I'm trying to find something to, to get excited about, because there's really just nothing on the offensive side that, that really inspires anything other than getting the
2: football into Kadarius Tony's hands. Yeah. It's funny, Nick, because I don't want to toot our own horn, but if you look back at the past two years of draft coverage, we've been pretty spot on with our hits and misses. It's pretty crazy. Like I was looking at it the other day and I was listening back to some stuff for something uh, for something we were doing for blue wire, but you know, somebody was trying to compile for them, but it's been pretty good, man. And you were out on Wilson. I was out on Wilson. We didn't want him anywhere near the Giants. But now that he's here and that we got him for free and that the state of the offensive line is where it's at and we have no talent whatsoever and we're praying and scratching the surface for anything we can find. Yeah, I'm with you. Throw him in there. I don't care. What do we have to lose? A couple reps for Matt Skira. uh who played today? What was the guy who played? They benched Skira and they put in, I'm West forgetting Martin. his name, who I hate. Who is like, Martin. Wes Martin. Wes Martin. What the heck is the point of Wes Martin? And so why not put him in? You're right. All right, let's talk about another thing here. Another thing I was disappointed in. Just once again, you're not generating any offense. Blah, blah, blah. It's the injuries. It's the backup quarterback. Well, you're not doing yourself any favors when you scheme up one target for Saquon Barkley. Barkley finishes this game with 16 touches for 28 yards, 16 touches for 28 yards, 2.1 yards per carry. Devontae Booker, once again, 4.5 yards per carry on fewer carries, nearly as much yards on uh, nine fewer carries. What the hell, man? I never – I thought Barkley might get injured again or something, but, man, it didn't matter what the offensive line looked like. Never in my wildest dreams did I expect this to be what we would get from Saquon Barkley in 2021. And we're at the point where I'm not even at the stage where I'm like, when Barkley's out there, defense is out to play you different. When Barkley's out there, da 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 da. When Barkley's out there, no, none of that has been proven true at all. And we're just seeing a guy out there who, if he didn't have the name on Barkley, I'm not sure anyone would think any differently about him. And they would not game plan any differently with him.
1: I know. And that's like the saddest thing, right? Because right now, Saquon Barkley is, you don't even see him out there. You're like, oh, is that 26 or 28? Because I I don't really tell a difference right now. And that sucks because you know the potential of Saquon Barkley. And I know that potential is still there, even post all these injuries. We've seen him when he breaks out into space, you see him make a couple moves. It hasn't happened nearly as often as we've hoped this season, but I still think all that athletic potential is still there in this young football player, but he never has the space to operate or he fails to find the space when it's there, which is something that we've seen a few times, maybe even a little bit more than a few times throughout the entire season. This has just been a terrible Year for the New York Giants offense as a whole, but in particular Saquon Barkley as well. I mean, he's been dinged up a little bit. He was injured, yes, but now that he's returned, he's not a difference maker here on the offense. He's just not. And I mean, to harken back to the whole (laughs) debate of selecting a running back number two overall, it's, I mean, everybody knows that that was a terrible decision, especially since you see players like Dearness Johnson and all these undrafted guys or late round guys just step right into roles and just have success. It's still something that pisses me off to this day.
2: Yep. No doubt about it. All right, Nick, anything else to say about this disaster of a game or team right now? No, not
1: really. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to watch the all 22 and we'll have those all 22 podcasts and it's going to be uh
2: equally as gross as the last two. I'm sure. Yeah, One, one, one total podcast to speak from an all 22 standpoint. That'll be, <laughs> that'll be the most me and Nick can get through without wanting to actually kill ourselves. And I uh, <laughs> shouldn't make a joke like that, but without wanting to just, just bleed our eyes out with, Something that I can find in this freaking room, man, on this desk. Oh, I'm reeling, Nick. I'm reeling. I'm frustrated. You can hear it. Obviously, I vented. Thank you for letting me vent to all the fans out there. Better times are ahead, I hope. I can't tell you that with any kind of certainty, but I hope. Thank you for sticking with us. Even if it's not and they continue to suck, well, you'll be able to commiserate with us because we'll be here and we'll be doing it. Um, we're excited for the offseason. I can't wait to turn the page on this season. This is a freaking disaster match. I- it's just crazy how bad they are it's a crazy when you went into this season thinking about the money they spent the all-in approach they had all the contracts they they dip back into that future saying ah you know we'll worry about the 30 plus year old logan ryan who's not that to begin with next year we'll worry about sterling shepherd who's had an injury every year in his contract we push it back next year james Bradbury getting a little older ah, throw him another thought cap space towards next year you know oh leonard williams eventually going to cost 40 million against the cap one of these seasons or 30 something It's just look at the other day i worry about that later that would have been fine if the giants were gonna just deliver us this 10 win year we were expecting i would have sold my soul to the devil at this point for 10 wins and some fun podcasts to talk about and some all 22 film that's not a gruel but it's not here so stick with us better times are ahead nick anything else before we sign off
1: one thing that's really depressing to think about is all the money that the giants spent in this offseason and the excitement it kind of generated among the fan base like, that's not gonna happen this offseason. So how are we going to view the New York Giants heading into next offseason? That's something that uh, it's going to be, um, I guess, interesting to monitor throughout the offseason to see what kind of big moves they make that can kind of generate any kind of excitement in this fan base, because it's about as
2: low as it gets. And that's an interesting point, just in the standpoint of as we've talked about in the past on the show, I am of the belief and I know you've, you've, you've been like when I brought it up to you, Nick, or I, I put this point out there like, yeah, I kind of see something to that. That John Mara is a very reactionary general manager. And he's caved into fan pressure, in my opinion, plenty of times. Jerry Reese in-season firing, the McAdoo in-season firing, signing Kenny Galladay. In the past, uh, moves, uh, similar moves, Brandon Marshall, I think, was a bit fan pressure-based. Fans at the time wanted uh, receiver over offensive line for some reason. And I think there's a chance that that will play a role in the trade market for Russell Wilson. Because I think Russell Wilson and Seattle are done. And I think that means he'll be traded in the NFL. It's like when you're done, these guys are starting to get trades when they want them. Matthew Stafford, like there's plenty of players who have started to get. So like, there are only going to be a few teams who can make this trade. And I wonder if John Maher's fervor to get this team relevant again in an off season, like you mentioned, Nick, where they won't be players in free agency. They can't be players in free agency. They will have their draft picks. So that'll generate buzz. But I wonder if before that, you know, before the draft period, they become players in the Russell Wilson trademark. Even if it's just rumors that we start to see like heat up rumors, and the Giants end up not being that team, I have a feeling he'll want to position himself in that market. Um, we'll see. I just feel like this is a John Mara thing to do to get the Giants relevant again. He needs to make this team relevant, in my opinion, in his mind. In his mind, and he's taken some. He's tried to take shortcuts to get there. This offseason was a bit of a shortcut to get there. You know, to, to fit these Holiday and Adoree Jackson contracts. And obviously those secondary ones, the Bookers, the Rudolphs, they had to dip into the future. They took some shortcuts. Um, My opinion, they've taken shortcuts across the way. They thought they took a shortcut with Saquon Barkley. They were wrong. I believe they thought they took a shortcut with Daniel Jones. Like If they looked themselves in the mirror, they would have been like, this guy ain't worth the sixth overall pick. This is not a good investment we should make. We can wait. But the shortcut was we think we see stuff we like with him. There's stuff to work with. There's tools. Let's take him. Let's see what happens. And so they've been taking shortcuts for a while now, and I'm curious if they'll take another, try to take another one this off season.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the uh, it's gonna be something that we're gonna be talking about all off season, to be honest. And first of all, we're gonna start diving into the draft with senior bowl coverage and all that great stuff that we love. And hopefully, the New York Giants will actually turn this thing around. But you know, I'm not gonna hold my breath.
2: Yeah, we'll see what happens. Thank you again for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon.